Uh, it's definitely been a different year, thanks, Andrew. Uh, but it was great to have uh, some uh, public back on track for our meeting on January the 2nd. It, it was a challenge um, designating everyone a spot and drawing squares on the ground and especially uh, ushering everyone as they came to the gate to the particular spots. But uh, no doubt uh, we will uh, be very well prepared for it for the rest of the season, given it was the first time we'd done it. And, uh, yeah, all systems go for a very similar meeting with a similar crowd of close to a 1,000 people on Saturday. And then looking forward, the one after in the first week of Fairbisher Cup, is this the number of people you'll be hoping for going forward? Are you hoping to extend that number up to a 1,000 at the moment? Is that the workable figure with Woolamai going forward? It's a manageable figure for us at the moment, yes. We've only got uh, use of half the race course as well with uh, the uh, what they call the racing bubble, the um, area that is divided uh, between the participants and the public. So that sort of limits how much space we have to uh, cater for public. So Cup Day, unfortunately, will be... Uh, not the 2,500 or 3,000 people we've had in the past. It will be again 1,000, and we sold our last ticket to that meeting earlier this week. So at least the benefit is we have got some consistency with our crowd sizes and also our revenue. We know exactly what to expect, having pretty much sold out meetings now, three meetings in a row, including Saturday and our, our Cup Day. And when that uh, division, that racing bubble comes down and there's perhaps some expectation that that might be happening in, in February or maybe a bit earlier, then we may look at uh, having a few more people for our February 20th when we do get access to the rest of the race course, and in particular our big marquee area. Wow, sold and an advance. As you say, the, the Woolamai Cup is post the end of school holidays, so the crowd makeup would be slightly different to what you're having at the moment, but... What's your theory on why it's been so successful for you? It might seem an obvious answer, but then again, I've had clubs where they've been a few hundred on track, others where they've pressed to their maximum, but you're having no trouble at the moment with your cap safely each time you race at Woolamai. On average, we would have between 1,500 and 2,000 people to our race meetings. In cup days, our most popular, 2,500. So when we've only got 1,000 people to to cater for, uh, it definitely does create uh, demand and people are, I guess, rushing to secure their spots. So uh, there has been some benefits with uh, what we've had to employ due to COVID with the, the fact that all the ticketing is online and having... I guess, a great indication of how many people will be turning up on the day, uh, which previously has been a, a big unknown and has been a big variable uh, dependent mainly on weather. And we could easily see our, our crowd size half if it starts raining on, on race day morning. So that's definitely a, a benefit of having the, the current system, whether we would continue post-COVID by having only pre-sale tickets. I'm not quite sure because I know there's quite a number of locals that just like to rock up on the day uh, and not have to plan ahead. But uh, it's definitely been uh, good in one point that we can have a good idea of how many people to cater for and then have the services to uh, to provide for those 1,000 people. Adam Olzanski, our guest, a race caller for so many years, but many people should know by now, also looks after Woolamai Picnic Race Club, who are having a great successful return to racing under the COVID protocols. So interesting that you say you're having success with the pre-sales because 
spoke to um, Terry at Belnaring. He wasn't sure whether his type of crowd, the holiday people, were those that pre-book. A lot of people, in fact, don't go to races all year. Some might not even know what happens at Flemington or Caulfield, but just roll up to the gate. So you've got that mindset where people know that they're pre-buying for well, am I you're having to put up a sign? Are people still arriving in a handful or two to your track on race days to be told they can't come in? Or We were expecting that to happen for our January 2nd meeting, and we were surprised that I don't think anyone did. Uh, we did sell out that meeting on Boxing Day, so a week early, and so all our communication, newspapers, Facebook, social media, all advertised that we were sold out, that there were no more tickets and they definitely wouldn't be available on race day. Uh, I guess there is a change in the mindset of people when they go out or, or go to any events now that there is a chance that you might need to uh, book or make a reservation. It definitely was the case for, for pubs and clubs uh, late last year. Now, maybe that's slightly relaxed with the latest uh, easing of restrictions, but I think people aren't too surprised to know that you do have to pre-book and that you... And the only reason for us that we require that is because we need to be able to manage our crowd limit and not go over the thousand. Now, if we uh, had more space and that may be at the end of the season and we make an application for the next tier uh, with the, the public events framework from the state government, well, then maybe we can start accepting walk-up starts on race day knowing that we probably won't go over the cap that uh, or the limit that we might be set, which might be two and a half or three thousand people. So, uh, I like it at the moment. Uh, it definitely has helped us in in some way. There is no doubt plenty of work involved in taking the bookings, especially phone bookings, and, and arranging people for their designated areas. So that's a part of the job that I don't enjoy. But definitely having, uh, I guess, some certainty over over your figures is definitely a big advantage. And given you're a race caller, someone in the industry for so many years, put your knowledge of horses hat on. Um, with the unsurety of when picnic racing would start, and now it's rolling along okay, what's been your impression, the standard of horses, the nominations, field sizes, and so on for this picnic season? Our first meeting, we opened up the season, as you mentioned, at the top uh, with a crowd-free meeting, and I was surprised at the number of horses that were ready to go, and we had uh, nearly capacity fields in all of our six races. Uh, so that was a great sign. Since then, numbers have thinned out a little bit. I know we've had a, a strong concentration of meetings, as always is the case over the Christmas and New Year's period. Uh I just reckon numbers are perhaps a little bit down. Uh, even our race meeting coming up this Saturday, uh, last year we had a few more. Uh, so it's just whether there's a lot of other alternatives. Those lower rating horses might be going to the non-TAB meetings, might be going to some uh, uh, professional uh, full-fledged TAB meetings uh, in this district. Uh, we race at a very similar time to Stony Creek. Uh, Stony Creek seem to race every week that we're not and there's horses that we may see here that may choose to run there instead so uh, yeah I'd say that the numbers are a little bit down at the moment across the board we are heading into the cups uh, period uh, so Balnaring's got their cup coming up uh, in a couple of weeks we've got our cup in early February so generally that attracts 
trainers to really bring their whole stable almost if they've uh, got a stable of picnic horses. So let's hope for some of the bigger meetings. And I know Mansfield had a capacity field for their cup on Sunday. Let's hope that, that uh, those bigger meetings coming up across the circuit really attracts more numbers. Great to chat to you, Adam. Good luck with the rest of your season. Thanks for taking the call. Andrew, thank you.